Short Stories of Misadventures in Morocco, excerpts from the book With Open Arms, written and narrated by me, Matthew Felix. It ain't over till it's... It was my first trip to Morocco, and I had just arrived in Tangier. It had been an absolute nightmare. I'd been mobbed, I'd been harassed, I'd been called racist and then Jewish by an ignorant thug oblivious to the irony. After I rid myself of him, another tout jumped at me from inside a dark stairwell. We engaged in a nerve-wracking exchange of lies in not one, but two languages, during which I had very real reason to fear being physically assaulted. That fear increased exponentially when I turned my back on my would-be assailant to climb a flight of stairs. It was a high-stakes gamble, but it paid off. At the top of the stairs, at long last, I checked into a hotel. My room was rough around the edges, but it still had some of its original colonial charm. High ceilings, crown molding, and two sets of doors that opened onto small balconies overlooking the bustling square below. The room had a little sink, too, for washing up. What it did not have was a bathroom. I had already had the shit metaphorically scared out of me. No surprise that I now had similar, albeit more literal, needs. Addressing them entailed a walk down the hall. It didn't seem right. Having only just found refuge from a violent barrage of annoyances and dangers, I already had to leave it behind? I'd barely caught my breath. All I wanted to do was lock myself inside my room. For days. But nature called. After hiding my passport and checking twice that I'd locked the door, I walked down the musty, dimly lit hallway. The gentlemanly hotel manager and a group of young male prostitutes, I didn't learn their vocation until later, were sitting in the lobby watching an important soccer match. The sound of cheering fans and the voice of a high-strung announcer echoed through the corridor. Several doors down, almost at the end of the hall, I found the bathroom. Given my extreme fatigue, the idea of squatting over a dirty, odorous hole was even less appealing than it might have been were I in better shape emotionally and physically. Not that it mattered. I wasn't going to go look for another hotel. No way in hell was I setting foot back in those godforsaken alleys. Not tonight, anyway. It could have been worse. It was dingy, but a bottle of disinfectant suggested it had been cleaned within recent memory, and it was hardly the first time I'd used a Turkish toilet. I looked around. The bathroom door had a translucent window pane, ostensibly so people could tell whether the toilet was in use. Like tooth enamel tarnished by excessive coffee and cigarettes, walls that had once been white had long since yellowed. Did people smoke in here? If so, more overpowering odors snuffed out any lingering traces of tobacco. I peered into the black hole, shuddering at the thought of the unspeakable secrets hidden in its depths. At the same time, I contemplated my own secret. I couldn't wait much longer to share it. Doing so was going to be tricky. Black holes suck things in and swallow them. The only thing between me and oblivion was the white porcelain basin that surrounded the hole. On each side of the basin were raised areas with flat tops. I carefully positioned my right foot on one and my left on the other. It was imperative they not slip. I pulled down my pants and assumed the position. Already my legs were wobbling. I hoped they would hold up. Although I did have to stand up once to give my fatiguing thighs a brief reprieve, my business was conducted with welcome celerity. There were no long, drawn-out negotiations, no unpleasant sticking points. Nothing to keep the deal from going through. Until I went to close the transaction. Perhaps not everything was in place after all. Bathroom cleaner, a used-up brush, 
a blue plastic pail next to a spigot in the wall. Where was the toilet paper? I should have known. Unfortunately, I'd been shell-shocked from my arrival and hadn't planned on making a trek to the bathroom. Even if I had, in my post-traumatic stupor, it probably wouldn't have occurred to me to grab my spare roll of toilet paper. Shit, I exclaimed, immediately realizing the irony. I broke into solitary, delusional laughter. This could not be happening. After everything I'd endured, my nightmarish welcome to Morocco still wasn't over? Hadn't all that come to an end the moment I crossed the threshold of the hotel? A refugee finally safe and sound in a compassionate, hospitable land? Apparently not. Yet another cultural experience awaited before I could call it a day. One more rite of passage. And this one wasn't going to be pretty. Unless I wanted to squat there all night, I had to overcome my hesitation. I had to transcend my disbelief. I had to put the little pail under the spigot and turn on the water. Sound filled the room, water streaming into plastic, the tone changing as the water level rose. The little pail shook as though overwhelmed. I turned the water off. Again, I hesitated. Once more, I deliberated. I was well aware that toilet paper was a luxury, that people around the world routinely had no choice but to use their hands after relieving themselves. I never had. Ideally, I never would. Call me privileged, call me a coward, I did not want to stick my hand into my own feces. Was there another way around it? I decided to try. If my legs had tired quickly before, the contortions to which I was about to subject my body now threatened to push them over their limit. It was, after all, a delicate operation. My feet could not move from their porcelain pedestals. I needed to keep my pants taut around my ankles so they didn't come into contact with the filthy basin. If I didn't want to get my clothes or feet wet, I had to stick my butt as far away from my body as possible without losing balance. I'm sure there's a name for the yoga pose I was suddenly struggling to assume, but it wasn't one I'd ever seen in class. Once I'd achieved the desired posture, I didn't have a second to lose. I poured the water between my buttocks, hoping it would do the job on its own. What it did instead was cascade down my legs, spilling all over my pants and splattering onto the floor. I shot up, my legs on the verge of collapse. I was angry. I was frustrated. I might have even been a little humiliated. All I wanted to do was go to bed. The thought of making a mad dash to the port and catching a ferry back to Spain crossed my mind. If the last one of the day had already departed, maybe I'd swim. The bathroom had no ventilation. The longer I stayed inside, the stuffier it got. Sweat was falling from my forehead in fully formed drops. I had to get this over and done with. Fast. I squatted, stuck my butt out, and poured. Once again, my legs got drenched, as did my pants. So much for the lessons I thought I'd learned from my previous attempt. My second try was as much a failure as the first. I gave it more thought. I went over it again and again, hoping to come up with yet another solution. All I was doing was avoiding the inevitable. I filled the bucket with more water. Was I really going to do this? I looked down at the wretched hole. I wiped more sweat from my brow. I had to get out of there. I got back into position. I stuck my hand into the water. I stuck my hand into the darkness. I groaned in disgust. I would have loved to have stopped with that single gesture. Now that I'd crossed the line, however, there was no going back. I had to finish what I had started, and there was only one way to do it. More water, more bare hand. Even worse that I was using the wrong hand. I didn't have a choice. 
I hadn't grown up in a culture where one hand was traditionally reserved for unclean acts, the other for social interactions. My left hand didn't have the necessary coordination, and I didn't have the time to train it. I used my right. Later in my travels, I would come to find that water can be as effective, if not more so, than toilet paper. There's a reason, after all, that bidets persist in Europe. I wasn't there yet the first time around. Suffice it to say that it was a rush job. My hand may have been in it, but my heart was not. Considerably more self-aware than a mere 20 minutes prior, I stumbled back to my room. My legs and back ached. My pants were as damp as if I'd wet them. My body was almost as bad, covered from head to toe in sweat. Before I could close my eyes and drift off to a world where the preceding three hours had never happened, there was one last thing I had to do. I walked over to the little sink and unwrapped a complimentary, travel-sized bar of nameless soap. It gave off a vague perfume. I proceeded to scrub my right hand until it was so red it was on the verge of bleeding. I then scrubbed it some more. When the bar of soap broke in two, I eased up. The last thing I wanted to do was break the skin. In a few short days, after all, someone else would do that for me. They would draw blood at a stop further down the road. My misadventures in Morocco had only just begun. Mm-hmm.